Chapter 11, Crocodile Fantasy Yeah, my days of wine and roses were over. I mean, everything had been very much like a dream. Sick dream. A lot had happened that was totally bizarre and horrible. My heart, for one. But after? I mean, what had I done? It was almost a vacation, crazy as that sounds. Certainly hadn't worked. I mean, looking back, I can say it was a wonderful time of leisure. At the time, it was hell. I still had yet to learn what hell was, if I can be so bold as to abuse the phrase. I think it all ties into the survival instinct, that divine madness thing I told you about. The only way to survive the sudden and irreversible transformation of your universe is to get kind of dreamy about it, like it's not really happening. Or happening over there. Not here. Over there. And think about exactly what had happened. I'd gone from a stress-filled, workaday world to a nice, quiet little corner of beach out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, if it hadn't been so freaky and cut off from everything, I might have actually enjoyed it. Throw in the fact that I went round the twist for a while there, fantasy to magic and all that, it was close to paradise. Then, I mean, sure, Del Morgan ripped out my heart, which was more painful than I can describe. But like the beach, I got used to it. What I do in Del Morgan's apartment? Wandered around, explored when I felt like it, listened to her music collection, slept when I was tired, ate when I was hungry. Nothing required of me. Yeah, pretty close to paradise. Except I'd been bought and paid for. That sucked. So I don't know how to describe this in a strange way. It was very nice, very relaxing, like a dream or fantasy. One brief shining glimpse of heaven. Do I miss it? Well, I know this is all going to sound very strange. But yeah. Not the constantly needing to avoid Han and Romana, I give you that. Or the fact that I didn't have my heart. But I miss it. Why? Well, that would require me to get a little ahead of myself, and I was just going to talk to you about the first thing Del Morgan ever asked me to do. Well, she did ask me to go to that party, and it wasn't exactly as if she asked, but you get the idea. Crocodile eggs? So just go to the corner exotic pet store and ask for a dozen crocodile eggs? That is for you to figure out. And that was about the extent of our little conversation. Del Morgan wanted crocodile eggs, and when I had them, I was just to put them in the kitchen, not even give them directly to her or anything. First time she would know if I had accomplished my task would be when she had a hankering for an omelette. That meant I didn't even know how much time I had, or where to begin, or anything. So where does one get crocodile eggs? Okay, first things first. Crocodile eggs? Yeah. That was first. 
I shouldn't say things like that. I'm sure there are delicacy or something. Second on the agenda, I didn't know where to begin. What? Whip out the yellow pages? Yes, I would like to order a dozen crocodile eggs, please. Why to go, of course. Which raised its own problem. I'd never noticed a phone in this place. Okay, so ordering them was out. Probably no phone book anywhere in the entire place. I'll just have to ask somebody, not Del Morgan. She had made that abundantly clear. Not Anna and Romana. I wasn't that crazy. I could just see them laugh at me. Or worse. Send me on some wild goose chase. Well, who else was there? The doorman? Yeah, right, that's it. Del Morgan told me to ask him if I ever needed anything. What was his name? Door. Yeah, right. Door. Okay, first problem solved. Ask door, which raised an otherwise impossible to imagine or describe problem. I couldn't find the door. No, really, I'm serious. Door was downstairs. That would require me to take the elevator, which was outside the apartment. I hadn't seen the door to the apartment since my first day here. Since that time, I hadn't found it once. I'd even gone looking for it pretty seriously. This was crazy. I had to find crocodile eggs. I didn't know where to begin. I had to ask the doorman for help. I had to find the door to ask door. Watch out, my brain. It's going to explode. I had to find door to ask door. That's funny. Watch me cry, crocodile tears. Kill me now. Okay, I suppose locating the door wasn't as hard as it sounded. I'd already done a lot of searching for it. I'd looked in all the reasonable and logical places. It was time for a little reverse psychology. I figured the best thing to do was come across the door unawares, when it was least expecting me kind of sneak up on it. Wander the halls, look at the ceiling, whistle. I'm not looking for the door. I don't need the door. What? Now you're going to think I'm crazy? Now? Hey, I'd spent a lot of time in this place. I didn't even know how long. I think I've got a handle on how this place works. No, it didn't help me find the door, but that is totally beside the point. So how did I finally find the door? Well, that is still interesting. More reverse psychology. If I couldn't find the door, then the door was going to find me. Just remember, I'd spent a lot of time on that little stretch of beach doing interesting things that should have been impossible. I was getting desperate. I had healed a great gaping chest wound, so I figured I could do this. I drew an imaginary door in the air. Just kind of traced the outline of it. Well, I didn't see anything. I'm not crazy. I was just tracing an imaginary door in the air. Through an invisible door freestanding right in the middle of the kitchen, what would it look like? So I just traced a big rectangle in the air, reached down, opened the door, and stepped into the foyer. Just like that. Told you it was easy. After that, it was a simple matter of waiting for the elevator ride to get down to Hell's Lobby. I told you about the lobby, right? Can't always keep track of these things. Door was waiting for me. Well, not waiting for me. I mean, I don't think he ever left the lobby day or night. He just sat there, watched me walk right up to the desk. And I discovered something interesting. I couldn't talk. Shit! You think I would be getting used to this by now? I couldn't say anything until he gave me permission. Now, here's a scary thought. What if I'm with a big group of people? Do they all have to give me permission before I can say anything? That's going to keep me up nights. Good morning, Drake. What can I do for you? Morning? I need to get crocodile eggs. Of course, nothing simpler. There's a little shop around here that can set you right up. Do you know the neighborhood? No, I didn't think so. I'll scrounge you up a guide. Jack! 
Jack was a sleepy-eyed-looking kid. Well, kid in the sense that he looked like he was in his late teens or early twenties. He wandered out of some back room behind door that I never would have guessed was there. Wearing some grunge jacket and ripped jeans. I mean, just, just try describing one of these guys. I give up. Don't think that's what he was actually wearing. I'm just trying to give you a sense of the guy. The kid half staggers up to the desk. This is Drake. Works for Del Morgan. He needs crocodile eggs. Take him to old man Whetstone? Yeah, that will do. Drake, Whetstone runs a little shop where you can get all kinds of stuff. Not all of it as exotic as crocodile eggs. So that was it. Jack was going to take me to meet this fellow Whetstone. I've never been able to figure out if he was one of the fair folk. Whetstone. Jack and Dor, they're not fair folk. Like Canon Romana, they've been around enough to pick stuff up. Especially Dor. Anyway, I followed Jack out the front door of the apartment building, down the street, and we waited for the local Crosstown bus. I found myself clear across town before we reached the Sweatstone guy. I love Dor's idea of a shop around the corner. Clear across town? What's he consider far away? This audio recording of The Fearful Pagidian, Pin the Tail on the Donkey, is copyright 2010 by Keith T. Jones. All rights reserved.